You are listening to The Bobcast, a golfing podcast, brought to you by The Open Times. Welcome to The Bobcast, episode 17. It's November 2020 and Bob has been in Cyprus. Not for a wee holiday with his feet up and a few beers with some mates, but in fact winning his first ever European Tour. I'm Stephen Day, welcoming you to the best news we have ever broadcast in our 17-episode history. And I have our experts Keith McIntyre and Fiona Scott on hand to explain all. Welcome everybody. Hooray! Good morning! Hooray! Good morning. Good it's, morning. A, it's a joyous morning. It is a joyous morning. It's not every time we start these bobcasts going, hooray! I notice you two are joining in. feeling that that into it, Stephen. Yeah. So what happened? What happened, Keith? What happened, Fiona? He won. He won. Uh, I would like to say against all odds, but not against all odds. He's been in sparkling form for the last two weeks. It was two back-to-back tournaments in in Cyprus, uh, and he was third last week um, and was... Uh, magnificent yesterday, absolutely magnificent yesterday in, in winning. I mean, it was some of the best golf you'll ever see. It wasn't, he didn't just sneak over the line. He, you know, he came back in 30. I know, Stevie, that probably doesn't mean a huge amount to you, but to come back in 30 under that pressure to play the back nine and five under par, birdie four of the last six holes, Astonishing, absolutely. And Neil Holden won at the 17th as well. You know, he was about six inches away from a hole and won at the 17th. Incredible, absolutely incredible. You don't see people, you know, cross the line with their chest puffed out like that very often. He was just magnificent. And I could see yeah. from your uh, texts and posts that your excitement was rising over the weekend. Were you shouting at the screen or were you just... Well, I'll let you in a secret, Stevie. I have jinxed Bob for the last, uh, ever since the, I, I won money on him at the Open, if you remember, way back when he was six in the Open and I had a bet on him. And I won, uh, you know, hundreds of pounds. It was great it was because he was long, long odds. And ever since then, I have bet Bob in every tournament. And it's become a, a standing joke in my life. I put £10 each way every tournament he plays. And... Um, I've never won any money on him since then, but I'm still up because I won money. The one weekend I decided to break that and don't back him was this weekend because I figured I was jinxing him. So, yeah, so Bob owes me about 500 quid if he's listening to this, I mean, if he wants to send me it. Uh, I didn't back him because I've been jinxing him and I went out to play golf rather than watch it because I couldn't stand it. I only saw the last two holes. That was it. So, yeah, but I was checking my phone all the way around. It ruined my golf, completely ruined my golf because I couldn't concentrate. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, yeah, I was, uh, again, very overly excited. There was a lot of kidness with shot at the end. I think that not only will he send you that check for 500 quid, Keith, he'll send you another one just not to bet on him anymore, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was actually feeling guilty because, you, uh, you know, the last time we, we broadcast, we were a bit concerned about him, you know, wondered how he was feeling. And, you know, he, he maybe heard that and he's, he's came out and just, you know, blew it so, off the park. I mean, it's... We're taking the credit for us, aren't we? Not really, no. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's came out there and he's, he's proved us all wrong and... You know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't only this weekend. I think the last couple of weeks, 
uh, he's been playing fantastic. Uh, but the, the scores he's produced in that, in that course in, in Pathos, which by the way, it looked stunning on the telly, it looked amazing. Um, I mean, his highest score was 68 over eight rounds, and then it was all 65s, and then to finish off with a 64 yesterday um, is, is mind-boggling. And I actually watched the, the, the last hole in the company of the assistant pro at, at, at my golf club, and so he knows a thing or two about golf, and, you know, you were look, looking at the last shot over the water, and he just said, you know, under normal circumstances, that would be just such a straightforward shot. But he's playing for the championship over a hundred yard stretch of water, and he's got to land it within 20, 30 feet of the hole. Uh, your knees would be knocking, even seasoned professionals would be, knees would be knocking. But he did it like it was a Sunday afternoon four ball at Glen Cruden. It was incredible. I noticed in one of his, his interviews that he said, is is stopped thinking about winning competitions now, you know. Whereas last uh, last year, he says you, you know he'd even be thinking about winning competitions when he was playing the the last nine at Glen Cruton on a Sunday afternoon. He thought about it all the time, and he said recently he's just stopped thinking about it and went out there and played played his golf. Yeah, yeah. I think you saw that on on the eighteenth because the drive that he hit on eighteen. Um, to get himself in position to get the birdie was, I mean, he was 50 yards in front of his playing partner. So uh, that's just, you know, somebody at the peak of their powers. Um, and, you know, I think he said in, in one of his quotes, he remembered his dad saying, when you're driving, just tee it high and let it fly, which is mm -hmm. one of the oldest cliches in golf. But that's exactly what he did. And he just smashed this thing 345 yards down the middle of the fairway. I mean, if I was playing for 20 quid in my sweep on a Sunday and I was one shot in the lead, my knees would be knocking. He's playing for, you know, world ranking points, mm -hmm. 200,000 euro prize pot, you know. He's playing for his future, for his livelihood. It's incredible. Yeah, and you've just mentioned his, his world ranking. Uh, Keith, do you want to let everybody know what it now is? 62. 62, yes. They jumped up from 91st to 62nd, so it shows you what can happen if you get if you get uh, one under your belt. You're jumping 20, 30 places in, in the, the world ranking. So that top 50, that pre-pandemic that he was looking or he was aiming at, is now firmly within his grasp again, which is fantastic. Mm. And again, not wanting to take credit for anything. <laughs> no, surely not, Stevie. No, but we, we discussed a few episodes back just what you were saying there, Fiona, about not necessarily thinking about winning, but just enjoying your golf or enjoying the next, not even the next hole, just I wonder where this is going to end up. I'll do my best. And uh, I, I got from his interview that he did, which did you see his interview just as soon as he'd won? Yeah, oh, I saw it. Very emotional. Very emotional. I'm still very much together, very emotional, but it was all kind of, you know, very straightforward, very Bob, very practical, but at the same time that wee bit just, you know, bubbling over. And there's a lovely wee video when he's not speaking. I think it's on his Twitter feed or it's on a Twitter feed where it's just him smiling. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a kind of a wee loop. It's not a gif, but it's, it's a loop of him smiling and the genuine joy, which I haven't seen on his face for such a long time when he's been playing. 
there's, there's another, um, if you get onto the European Tour website, they've got, a, I think it's a feed from Sky, where um, he goes to a, a monitor and speaks to his family. They've hooked up his family on a Zoom call. And it's just lovely. You can just see the, you know, it's just so natural the way he's, he's just like any guy you'd meet on the golf course. You know, it's, I think there's one thing for sure. The Masters starts this week, unfortunately, Bob's not playing in it. But whoever wins the Masters, when they do their post-victory uh, press conference, they're not going to start by, I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. <laughs> you know? So it was just so down to earth, you know. So it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He did, he did, he did Scotland proud, but he did Oban proud. And that was Definitely. actually that was actually mentioned by one of the interviewers. He said, "You know, people in Oban are going to be, as you know, as just as he walked away, people in Oban are going to be so proud and so happy today." And I think that was definitely true. Yeah. And so hungover as well. Yeah, I think there's, you know, you may there's one person missing from this podcast, uh, and that is uh, George George Graham, who I believe was in Glencrewton watching, and he said everybody was behaving impeccably with regard to social distancing, but he said the place was electric, absolutely electric. And uh, he's working from home in inverted commas today, so I suspect George is the mother of all hangovers today. Other hangovers are also available. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, not, not now not, not disregarding what's just gone, because we could talk about this for hours, but what's next for Bob? What can Thank be next? You, great, Think he's off to South Africa uh, and then Dubai, Keith. Am I right? Yeah, they've done it because of the the way they've sort of reconstructed the tour because of of COVID. They they're trying to get a number of tournaments in in one place, which is why they played you know back to back tournaments in Cyprus and then they had three tournaments prior to that in the UK and they're now doing the same in South Africa. There's three back to back tournaments starting at the. It's about the 20th of, of November, the Johannesburg Open, and then there's another two follow that. And then he, he now knows he's qualified for the, the, the final round, the Tour Championship in Dubai at the beginning of December. So, hit from I mean, it really did look dodgy a fortnight ago. It looked like he, he, he fell to 100 in the world rankings. Um, he was 71st in the race to Dubai. He's now up to 24th in the race to Dubai. So I, everything has turned on these last two tournaments, and particularly, obviously, the, the one at the weekend. So, yes, yeah, South Africa next. A well-earned rest, I would imagine, in, uh, in Oban over the next week while the Masters is going on in America. And with all these uh, improved placements you get, do you get, any, do you get any better treatment when you're on these tours? I mean, you know, when you're, when you're in the 20s, do you get a better lounge or a better glass of <laughs> lemonade or...? <laughs> <laughs> do, your, do your clubs get polished free of charge? Yeah, I think I think that's uh, it. All comes with the territory. I, what I will do is bring them to the attention of some, you know, some, some more sponsors and things. I mean, there's clearly financial benefits beyond just the prize money. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was listening to Paul McGinley commentating for Sky on can't even remember what tournament. And, and he made an interesting point, which is when you get into the world's top 50, it almost becomes self-perpetuating because you get invites into all the big tournaments. So once you get there, it's, it's not easy to stay there, but it's much easier to stay in the world's top 50 than it is sort of 51 to 99 because you, you can miss tournaments and fall backwards very quickly. 
but you suddenly start playing all the big tournaments with all the big world ranking points. So that's got to be his next, you know, the, the next thing is getting that 12 places higher and into the top 50. And then he'll get his clubs polished. <laughs> now, there's only three of us here, but I think a round of applause for Bob. We won't add any effects. This is genuine. Well done, Bob. Genuine. Well done. And that sound effect is just for you, Bob. The classic. <laughs> now, over the weekend, there were probably some others struggling uh, with their results and possibly their golf. How do you think um, good old Scottish Donald's golf has been this weekend, folks? I think I'll leave that to the old journalist to make a comment. I don't want to say anything slanderous or libelous. <laughs> Sorry, Stevie, you've absolutely lost me. <laughs> well, there was a big event uh, last week, Fee. Um, one, one of the America's um, most famous golfers went out to oh. play golf after. <laughs> I just wondered right. how, how Sorry, that would affect him. My, my brain's in Campbelltown this morning, so it took me a while to get over over the pond. Uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll be playing a lot more golf. Yeah. I, I know we're not allowed to be political uh, at yeah. all, Stephen, but gosh, it's been a good week, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, now, someone else who's been having fun with golf this week is our very own no, Fiona. No, no, she hasn't. Can we keep talking about Bob, please? <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you head? Where did you head, Fiona, for your second second part of your Bobcast challenge? I went to Dalmally, the wonderful Dalmally golf course, um, beautiful little nine-hole course. I was met by a club captain who's been recently crowned club champion, uh, Graham McEachney. was looking forward to a really good day off the back of Craig Newer, had a wee bit of confidence and uh, was feeling positive. And then it all went pear-shaped. Here I am at Dalmally Golf Club on the second round of my 53 by 53 challenge and I'm sitting here at uh, club captain and recently crowned club champion Graham McEachney. We've just played four and a half holes. Yep, four and a half. Four and a half holes, it felt like more than that. Uh, so we're sitting having a nice cup of coffee and homemade biscuits here as well. Um, but as for the golf... After after my positive start last week, all I can describe this week as is a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Graham? <laughs> yes, there's, there's uh, there is kind of a opportunity to improve. improve. I mean, there's there's, there's a, a a swing in there. It was just. Couldn't get the ball off the deck today, and but you're striking the ball well. I just weren't getting the height today, um, which again I say with a, a driving range and a bit of practice, we'll get there. But you know, there's improvements can be made definitely. <laughs> I have to keep talking because I'm eating biscuit. Uh, so, did you see anything that stood out that? I'm doing wrong because I just, like you said, I just couldn't get it off the ground. Head movement. You know, 
especially in the last hole there, you can see, I don't know, you're almost trying to put more power into it so that the head's getting lifted away to the side to, to try and get more power in. And that's the one thing you want to keep as still as possible, is keep your head still. Because uh, as soon as you move the head, lift the head, you're more than likely going to miss the shot or, or not hit the, the nice contact. So keeping the head still, keeping looking at the ball when you swing is the most important thing. You know, like I say, you don't have to try and murder the ball each time, but if you can keep the head still, it makes a big difference. Like I said, I mean, I've only got that one week last week to go by, but it was... It was by no means brilliant, but it was quite a positive start, and I felt pretty positive. And then today, I just felt like I took this huge step backwards. Although it's an absolutely beautiful course here, and it is a tricky course. You've got bankers and you've got rivers running. Yes, there's a, lot, there's a lot of water, a lot of burns, a lot of ponds. Obviously, the river and the Orky Splash, which is uh, which you did well. You went round the side. You, you took the the safe way around that one. You did well. You did a good drive in that one. Um, but yes, it's, it has its challenges. A lot of folk, you know, it's, an, it's, an, it's a nice, easy course to start with because it's flat. So you can see where your ball goes. But there's plenty of hazards out there. The rough's yeah, not really forgiving. So you go in the rough, it's very difficult to get out of. Um, and yeah, there's burns, ponds, bunkers. There's a lot of hazards. You you seem to have got it down to a fine art. I mean, you were playing great today, which made, made me look even worse. You made me look bad, Graham. It, made, it, it was nice and easy because I could relax and play because I was trying to concentrate on what on what you were doing. So I just had to go up and hit the ball. And, and like I said to you during the round, I was fortunate I, I played shinty. So to me, playing shinty maybe doesn't get me the best grip in the world in the golf club, but... I've got a kind of natural swing there that I think is he- helps, you know. Yeah, 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 Graham said this to me on the way round and I was kind of ruined being board- born in the border, so I think I should have been born up here in Argyll because of uh, no shinty experience whatsoever and that does seem to be a, a real benefit. And I mean, Graham's a classic example, but you know, Bob McIntyre as well, shinty man. It's a lot of food for thought there. But, positives today... Round the green. Oh, the putting, the putting was deadly. The putting was deadly. <laughs> uh, uh, when I arrived here today, I had a little shot down my alley. I've just opened a new uh, putting green. Uh, there was a wee story in the Open Times about a month ago now, and so before Graham came, I had a wee practice on that, and I really think it's it's helped. It, you know, I got a chance to get my eye in and to get my movement right. So, so we did all right on the green. Yeah, the greens were the greens were good today. Hmm. Greensworth, yeah, is which, as I said at the start, round the green is where you really make your make your shots, make your your, your score count, because you can maybe be a wee bit haphazard getting to the green, but if you can chip and putt well, it helps your score. I wasn't just haphazard. You know. <laughs> that was not a hazard, maybe, but. But no, no, I'm, I'm gonna persevere with um, and I'm sure. Um, I'll get there eventually so it's just a case of tying, tying everything up together yeah. I mean like, like I said we're looking to get a wee sort of driving net in Damali which would have helped no end today able to go out and, and loosen off and, and strike a few balls and you can work with somebody in a driving net easier it's not so easy when you've got a few holes to try and look at all the different things 
And as well, I said today, there's so many things to think about in golf that trying to get it all in one day is near impossible. It's usually, as I say, get three things. Try and think three things to concentrate and just concentrate them for one day. And then the next day, maybe add something else in. The next time, add something else. But there's a lot of things you have to remember and go, events will all become natural and you, you, you don't have to think about it because it, as you set up, keeping the head still, and I said about the arms, keeping them straight, keeping the wrists strong, all these things will eventually become natural to you. But it's a lot to take in in one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just see how it goes. But I'll, I'll plug away at it, and uh, you know, like this this end of the season when the weather's stunning. Although it's been a glorious day today, again, uh, you know, there's not much golf left. But uh, I'll start in earnest in April and. and Hopefully take it from there, and I'll hopefully come back next you, season. You never know. Sometimes the winters can be better, can be quite good. Well, you know, we, you never know with the weather like, like today. We're in October now, and the weather's still beautiful. So as long as it's no rain, and I'll do it. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy. A nice yeah. mild day. It'll be, it'll be fine. Some winter golf can be enjoyable. <laughs> well, what about the club itself, uh, Graham? Because I see you've had a few, few to, uh, competitions. Yeah, the last few weeks. Well, well. We've managed, obviously, after COVID restrictions got lifted, we managed to get through a few of the uh, the competitions. So not obviously as many as we would normally get through. We have to curtail some of the rounds to maybe just do one round rather than maybe two or three. So, But no, we've got through them. It's been enjoyable. The weather's been good. Bar, bar the Sunday we were meant to play when the course was under four foot of water. Yeah, I should have, um, that should have been an omen for me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to Don Malley. <laughs> But yes, it got its wash, but then within a couple of days it was playable again, so it's, it, uh, yes, we lost quite a bit of sand out of the bunkers. So many people complain that our sand isn't very good in the bunkers, but when you get a flood and it washes all the sand out, you think, cheapest sand possible because you're going to lose it. What's he complaining that the sand in the bunkers isn't good? What are you doing in there in the first place? Well, that's very true. It just shouldn't be in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, have you, uh, how has your membership been? Has it suffered or has it picked up? It's, well, we've done all right this year, obviously being the COVID year. We've got a few extra, we lost a few members last year, but we gained a few new ones this year. And obviously, when the season starts so late, you can, a lot of folk were maybe thinking, will we bother? You know, as a few said to me, they would have come back because there's no coaching. They want to get a bit of coaching done which we'd hope to do this year as well, but that all went by the by with the COVID. So hopefully next year, a few have said to me they want to come next year, but they want to get a wee bit of coaching done as well. So it's a, it's a friendly wee club. We've done improvements all the time. I mean, new patio door for French doors this year, new patio out there that's made a big difference. When you've got nice weather, lovely to sit out there and, and harass the people come in in the ninth fairway. I must say that we're at the moment sitting just at the patio doors looking on uh, one of the most spectacular views I think you'll see uh, Graham said when we were up in the course we're, sitting, we're in a bowl of mountains here uh, and it's just absolutely glorious I noticed when we came down to the patio green you had a, a few young ones here you know yes is that something that you're you're keen to build on we, we are we, we, we tried with the school the, the local primary school we give free membership to, to all the, the kids um, but it hasn't really been taken up as well as we thought it would um, I don't know if that's partly because 
there was a, a change of head teacher, there was interim head teachers, and then somebody eventually got the job, and then they were off for months. So it, we didn't get as much support. We thought we'd get, they'd use it a lot more, and we thought with, if we encouraged the kids, then their parents then make. So I suppose we're kind of thinking it might help our membership as well. We get the primary school kids and their parents. Which we did last year some. But again, they didn't come this year with the COVID yeah. situation. So hopefully they'll come back next year. Uh, I'm sure they will because it's, you know, so lucky having a course like this in this area. And, you know, when you're in between Dalmally, you've got Loco, Tanal even up the road. Uh, it's all good, Graham. <laughs> I've been golfing here right from day one. In fact, I was right in the, in the committee right at the very beginning. So, uh, when the course obviously formed in well first ever competition in eighty seven, but it was first sort of thought about and started sort of preparing it in eighty five and first meetings and obviously a lot of preparation in eighty six and then we held our first competition here in eighty seven, um which I played in a few years ago. Uh, and obviously for the first competition, if you got within a club's length of the hole, you're deemed to hold out. So it's come on a long way since then and you know, it's Enjoyable but tricky wee course. So have you been a member since then every single year? Did you? I did stop for a few years as the family were growing up because I had to curtail all my sporting. Because obviously I played shinty. That's and right, I kept yeah. thinking, well, I'll play shinty because obviously I'll only be able to play shinty for so long and then I'll come back to the golf. Because I, had, cause I used to play football, shinty, golf. And obviously once the family came along, I had to kind of curtail a few of them. And so the, the football went first. Then the golf had to a back seat while I was still in the shinty. But now the kind of shinty's now to the back seat, so the golf's back in the, the yeah. forefront. So. And, I, and I believe you drag your kids out with you now to play golf, so. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, with my. Uh, just about well, that month ago, we were out opening the green with uh, my father's memorial day, so all my kids were there that day, and uh, nieces and nephews were there as well, so. It was a nice, so they all, they quite enjoy that day, obviously, my father was, obviously, he loved his golf and he was the kind of greenkeeper here for many years and put a lot of work and effort into the, the course to make it as how it is today and so, that was a good nice, i say it was a nice wee, nice wee day out that one. Mm-hmm. So obviously with, the, with this year, with the difficulties with the whole Covid thing, we've been very fortunate in Damali to have a, well it's been a lot of volunteers help this year to keep the, the club going in a, a tricky time, uh, no more so than Jim and Alison Livingston who obviously have been keeping the fairways and greens and tees all all in check and obviously other volunteers helping out with, with planting the shrubs and cutting the, fairways, uh, cutting the trees and you know, Mark McKeith and you know, obviously doing a lot of work in here, Gary Wilson and, and even the, I mentioned the builder as well for laying the patio, you know it's just all these we things all help all that wee bits of volunteer time helps the club to move move forward. So and and the club wouldn't be anywhere if it didn't have the volunteers. Mm-hmm. So because yeah. again you can't you know it, it is a lot of effort, a lot of time to keep because that grass keeps growing and it, it can be very frustrating. You cut it one minute and then you look and you think I think it's laughing at me and it's start growing again. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Graham. I, feel, I do feel like I've learned a lot today. It's just now I'm going to be putting it into practice. Now you're going to be dreaming about it tonight. I'm dreaming about it tonight. <laughs> about it tonight. Uh, 
and I'll be out in the field again, uh, hitting balls tomorrow, and like you said, just practice, and I definitely will be back, uh, and hopefully you'll see a difference the next time I do come so. back. Yeah. So thanks to you and the club for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. <laughs> so there we are, Fiona. That was your golfing. Well, I mean, what can I say? Stevie, it was an absolutely diabolical day and I couldn't blame anything. The weather was great. The company was great. Poor Graham was great. <laughs> Have you been me. on the sherry, Fiona, again? Because you know no. you've got a tendency with that, you know. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I wish that, that might have helped. That might have helped. I just don't know what happened. And... I have played since then, and it hasn't happened again yet so far. Touchwood, but uh, no, it was just a just a terrible day. Uh, apart from a pattern, and that was I don't know. Dalmali have just opened. They've got this little, little uh, pattern green, so you can go and practice. Uh, before Graham showed up, I, I got there early and had a wee shot shot down that and. Uh, my pattern on the day was brilliant, but as you said, it's getting to the blinking green uh, to do that. I think you should take inspiration from Bob, because if you remember um, the last uh, Bobcast we did, he had uh, just shot 78 in the, in the Scottish Open um, and retired with a back injury. And look what happened when he came back. So, Fiona, you can turn it around. <laughs> I, I certainly hope so, but yeah, it's, uh, I knew it was going to be ups and downs. I mean, I knew I wasn't just going to be able to go out and uh, pick up a club and, uh, you know, <laughs> play golf. But but yeah, it was an eye-opener at Dalmally. But I have I have since went elsewhere. Where have so you gone? Where have you gone? What's I've next? I've been to Tainalt. Uh, that's where I went next. And I was supposed to go down to Seal... But that got rained off, so I've still got sealed to go. And Tober Mori, I've now asked if I want to go across there. So, so yeah, they, they might all change their mind if they listen to my Dalmali uh, report. But I'm no, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I'll get there. Yeah, just stick at it, Fiona. I, I, the one thing you failed to do uh, so far is remind us when your yeah, 53rd birthday is. Because that seems to, <laughs> we're going to change the name of the Bobcast to the Fiona's 53rd birthday party podcast. So yep. we've got to get to 53 by when? By the 30th of June, 2021. What I'll do is I'll put a tenner each way on you, and that'll jinx you. I was going to no, say, should, should we put a small don't. wager on you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Once I've achieved my goal, my next one is I'm gonna meet up with you and George and have a game with you two. So you'll beat George. Be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a date, definitely. <laughs> well, that's all we have time on our most momentous Bobcast to date, Keith. I'm sure after all the excitement, you do. You need a little lie down somewhere dark preparing for the next one. Fiona, I'm sure you have a very busy week ahead and probably lots of it doesn't involve golf and I'm just going to bask in the glory of getting to the end of this recording intact. So once again, thank you very much and we'll see you all on the next podcast. Thanks, Stevie. Thank you. The Bobcast was presented by Stephen Day, Keith McIntyre and Fiona Scott. The editor was Stephen Day, and it was a YVEX Media production 
for The Open Times. You can contact the programme by emailing bobcast at opentimes.co.uk.